Welcome to 36 Questions. I'm Nick. And I'm Anna. And we are a married couple. We got married in real life. It's true. In there's, front of people. There's a piece of paper. You know, <laughs> that's what happens when you get married. Um, and we started the 36 Questions podcast to bring other people together. Um, our first season was strangers. And season two is people who have been together for a while or are dating or engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, and today we have Joe and Kate. Hello. Hello. Now, we learned about the 36 questions through an article in the New York Times by Mary Lee Catron. Shout out to the New York Times. And she asked the 36 questions and fell in love with the person she did it with. And hopefully you're already in love. We, we don't, don't want to assume anything. We're not going to assume anything. <laughs> Is that the goal of season one? Was to, was to try and get, to try and get two people, to, people fall to fall in love. And sadly, no one has yet. But there's still no, time. No, there's still time. Mm-hmm. Anything could happen. But. I think some people started like texting and became friends, but... There were, there were some uh, late night texts. Yeah, there were late night texts. So That's I, don't, I don't know what that means. But. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about the history of the 36 Questions podcast? Sure. So it was based on a psychological experiment by a man named Arthur Aaron. He lives in New York. And he got people together based on a series of questions that uh, get more and more into Intimate. Uh, yeah. uh, intimacy. Yeah, um, so it was a psychological experiment that actually worked. Yeah, so the, the whole idea is that you would ask a question that is very benign, and then as you go further and further along, you start asking questions to a stranger that you never would have in the past. So uh, Now, before we start, I do want to know um, how you guys met, because the questions don't cover this, and uh, when you're getting married, just to catch people up on the fact that you're engaged. <laughs> we are. Uh, we're getting married next year in August. This is this is our save the date. <laughs> uh, next year, August is our wedding, and we uh, we met taking an improv class together back in Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah, it was uh, for Hartford stage. Uh, Matt Newfield was a teacher, and you were already doing it's like a series of classes. Yeah, I was already were, taking classes, and yeah. Joe started a little later. And exactly. he was uh, he had come from stand up, and so when he started, I had taking a goatee, class, and you hated it. I remember that. I did. It's like, who the hell is this <laughs> cheesy stand up comedian with a goatee? You're like, I'll date him if he shaves. <laughs> did you make him shave his goatee? No, no. Okay. voluntarily, and then we fell in love after the goatee was gone. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking through old pictures actually, and I briefly had a goatee again here in New York because this was uh, five years ago. No, more than five years ago because I moved here five years ago. Mm-hmm. So you were already living here. Mm-hmm. Um, this was seven years ago. Yeah. Wow. But within that five-year span, I briefly had a goatee again. So we all make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Funny story. I also had a goatee <laughs> when we first met, mm-hmm. and Anna loved it. I did like it, but now it's gone. <laughs> this is not about us. <laughs> All right, ready? All right, without further ado, here's the first question. Okay, question one. Uh, given the choice of anyone in the world, living or dead, who would you want as a dinner guest? Oh, my dad. Mm. Uh, that's a sad note to start yeah. on. No, my dad died in 2012, mm-hmm. uh, and so I would probably pick him just to catch him up on uh, on everything that's been going on. And Joe, I would want you to have dinner with us too. Well, I assume I'll be at that dinner, so that I don't have to use that for my answer because I'll already have dinner with you and your dad. So I can, <laughs> I can choose them, choose someone else, right? 
Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. would I would love to have dinner with your dad. And I think your dad is great and a really funny person. And I see he was actually a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where you, a lot of, you get a lot of your comedy from. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I guess living or dead, um, I would say Beethoven. <laughs> if I was to pick off the top of my head. Because I really want to hear, like, how do you sell music back then? Back then? Right, you I'm a huge would, music fan. But you would want to know how he sold music, or just the culture of selling music to the to the to like the the to the population, right? How do people digest music <laughs> back then? Because it's more like a theater than it is mm-hmm. now, where you're just digesting an album or a single. You, you're going to a show, so like, how do you write? So, what your mindset for music is like? What do you write? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to see what he eats. <laughs> business plan yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah I'm, i already know you're a great artist but how did you sell that all right uh this is question number two uh would you like to be famous in what way um i sure i mean with fam- famous kind of um success in the field we do because we both do comedy so like fame is a byproduct of that um and that normally if you're successful in comedy you are famous too even if you're a successful writer your name is known mm-hmm. somewhat yeah maybe um anyways in what way for being myself uh i'm not a good actor or a <laughs> or even just I a disagree. character person i well yeah but um i would like to not have the fear to uh, not have the fear of hiding my personality where i can i have success for speaking exactly how I uh, think, where mm-hmm. I don't need to kind of filter myself publicly. Mm-hmm. I think that is the dream of any comedian, mm-hmm. of having your point of view being your uh, uh, success. Mm-hmm. How about you? Uh, yeah, I, I, th- I mean, I am a writer, so I guess mm-hmm. uh, I would want to be famous. This feels like a very Midwestern answer, but I'd, I would want to be famous for being reliable. Yeah. Of, uh, you know, you know that if I'm working on something... You know, it'll be done and it'll be good. And uh, yeah, I guess just be, I guess maybe I don't necessarily care about being famous in the like, you know, People Magazine way. We've had but these in talks the, before in the <laughs> of you like to stand behind the curtain watching someone else say your words and being like, yes, yes I'm yes. doing well. It means more to yeah. me to be famous among people who do what I do. Yeah. That means more. You to like me than being me. the puppet master. <laughs> you like telling people what to well, say. Well, that makes me sound like a villain. No, no, no. <laughs> in the most, yeah. In, in the, the best way, way possible. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you're you're great at uh, uh, writing lines for us for any voice. Well, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Question number three: Before talking with someone, do you ever rehearse what you are going to say and why? Uh, yes. Yeah, I do. I think mostly on business phone calls, uh, just because I don't want to forget anything. Um, yeah, I guess it's not something that I put a lot of thought into, but, oh, and like, (laughs) uh, probably the thing I do it the most for is ordering takeout. Mm. If I'm ordering something for both of us and, you know, we both always get different things. Of like using the phone and and getting really nervous. Well, and getting it right because you're trying to express an order to someone. Yeah. You want to get your pizza correct. We always do two You're very articulate when you speak. Uh, You can get your message through 
with as few words as possible. I've always called you, the, you're so economically successful of like you used very little energy for the success you've gotten. We're like, I'm trying a million different things. Some are landing, some are not. You're like, you tried like four things. 3.999 have hit. Uh, yeah. Same I, question I to, to you. Question? Yeah. Do you practice? Um, no, I'm straight from the gut. I mm-hmm. regret. I do a lot of, I talk from like emotionally and like a, a, and then I think I'm gonna think back of what I've said some during this podcast and be like, oh God, <laughs> edit that out. <laughs> so like, yeah, no, because um, I, I I'll get anxiety if I do that. But I think that's why we have different strengths. Yeah, I'll get very anxious. All right, question number four: uh, What would constitute a perfect day for you? Um. Uh, like us hanging out, doing something worry-free, and then getting a message that something we've done has been successful. <laughs> right? So like uh, the other day you got a message saying something you did for work was, I don't, I don't know if I should, like you got mm-hmm. something, something, something good. Something was good. Something yeah. was good for you at work, but wasn't necessarily, it was something you did a day before, but it was just hanging out, us hanging out. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it was a little cherry on top of the day that was already a good day. Those are my favorite days. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, the work I did for this one thing is paying off on a day that's I have off, and I get to see those results and eat those results <laughs> like candy <laughs> as I'm just, you know, relaxing. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, very similar. I like when we have days together where we have uh, a totally unstructured day where we have no plans. That usually means that we end up playing video games all day uh, <laughs> or an unstructured day that ends in like you know that day that you're talking about we were coming home from you had a great show you know yeah so an unstructured day where we play lots of video games and then you know i get to go relax and watch you do a good show i don't have to put on makeup because i'm not in it <laughs> that's a perfect day question number five when did you last sing to yourself or to someone else? Um, <laughs> I am not the one who sings to myself <laughs> in this relationship. <laughs> uh, I sing more than I talk. It's true. And I talk a lot. I mean, I, I'll sing along to Christmas songs yeah. uh, when I'm home alone or sing to Gavin or things like that. But of the two of us, um, I have caught Joe... Yeah. Do you mind if I tell the... Sure. <laughs> I have nothing I, to hide. Joe, <laughs> uh, Joe came... I'm, I was home early for some reason. You didn't know that I was going to be home from work. Yeah, you had a half day. Yeah. It was on a Friday. Yeah. So I was already home and I was in the bedroom just quietly reading. So Joe came home. He didn't know I was there. And I hear the door open and close. And then I just hear a voice saying, I'm taking my shoes off. I'm taking my shoes off. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I slowly came in the living room. Yeah. I was like, is this time taking my shoes off song that you sing every day? <laughs> I sing a lot. I, I don't, I wish I had a better voice. Um, I wish I had a good, I love music. That's why I have Beethoven for my living or dead person. <laughs> I just love music. And like, uh, I wish I had a good singing voice, but I'll I'll take what I can get. And I love to sing. Uh, it's almost like an emotional, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like a gasket. It's the relief valve. Of, we, so we have a small dog, right? And we talk a lot through our dog. And I've written a thousand songs for this dog. Just you know, I've improvised. Yeah, things you could for the make dog. an album. I can of make a the full album that you've written about our dog's life. But it's not. It's just lyrics. It'll, there'll be like uh, 
tidbits of songs. Yeah. All of his toys have all of his toys have songs. separate theme songs, <laughs> and then they all each have a personality. Uh, they're like characters on his show of his world, uh, and they all have layers to these characters. They're deep. <laughs> they, are. they have backstories, and they have like they even have relationships between each other. They do, yeah. Like the the pigeon. And yeah. the hedgehog have yeah. like, a, you know what I mean? You uh, guys have a dog. You get it. Yeah. <laughs> Gavin the musical coming soon to Broadway. <laughs> we, I don't have that many songs <laughs> for our dog. <laughs> we have maybe a couple. <laughs> I want to hear a snippet of a song. Uh, not to put you in. It's got to be in the, it's, it's one of those things like I'm off the clock right now. It's got to be just in the moment. We do have a rule. To make sure that we don't go completely weird, yeah. that we don't do the dog voice or dog taunts unless the dog is present, because then we are, yeah, we are weird then. And we also can't respond <laughs> to ourselves in the dog voice. Yeah. So if I, and so if the dog's in the room, right, and I uh, address the dog, mm-hmm. Kate has to respond in the dog's voice. Yes. I can't talk to the dog and then respond to the dog. And that would be us being too crazy. <laughs> But there are moments where I break that rule, and then she'll call me up being like, "You're this is... We're slipping. We're slipping. <laughs> We're becoming those people. All right. Question six. If you lived until 90, but could only keep either the mind or body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years, which would you choose? So basically, which would you rather keep when you're old, your mind or your body? Okay. So if I let the body go, is my body in pain? I cannot answer that question. You know what I mean? I do. Because like but... a, the body of a 90-year-old is. I'd, I, I'd rather be ignorantly healthy, ignorantly uh, stupid, but like my body being healthy so I can be happy. Because I think I'll be a happy, if I had dementia, I'd be like a happy person with dementia. Because <laughs> there are like sad people and angry people who get dementia and they get like yeah. scared and confused. Mm-hmm. And then there's like people who get dementia and they're just, you got to take care of them, but they're loving every minute of it, mm-hmm. you know? I've had fam- I've had family on on the happier side. Mm-hmm. I've had that issue when they were older, but mm-hmm. they it's a happy version of dementia. <laughs> I so, <laughs> I don't know. I I think I'd give up the mind to not have the physical pain. Mm-hmm. But then after I, I'm putting a lot on the my support team and my family to take care of me. Well, either way, you are. I think either way, it's it's a double edged sword. Yeah, I mean. I think you know that I would do the opposite. I know, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I would take yeah. any physical pain to still have my mind. You can take my mind. There's not much to take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Question number seven. Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? I mean... Uh... I, I mean, I have suspicions. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, based on family history, I absolutely have suspicions. But I also, you know, I welcome the surprise of, you know, yeah. maybe I'll I'll be on like a sunken cruise ship or something, you know? Drowning was the worst know. way to die. Drowning in fire. Yeah. I think drowning is worse than fire. I think mathematically drowning is worth worse than fire. I, I Because disagree. your body, when you're burning, your body, uh, you, you become numb. Because once you kill the skin, the nerve, you, you burn the I nerve. I don't know. You're, you're I would rather know I was is, drowning than know I was burning. Every intake is water. You try to breathe air. Right. Your, your brain is struggling to grasp air, but all you're doing is water. Well, that's, fire is just drowning in smoke. Your mind is recoil. That's true. But you're, <laughs> you're usually asleep when 
inhalation, that's how you die. Yeah, because oh. you fall asleep because you're not getting oxygen you to the brain. But you're awake, just breathing. I had to, I think I drowned a rat once when I was a kid. And that <laughs> completely you tormented think, me. You think you did? Me and my brother. I can't remember who did it. But I remember, I remember the feeling of, we caught a rat in our house. Maybe it was my brother. And uh, he wasn't dead. He was just in the trap, but he was alive. And we had to put him in the toilet to drown him. And I just remember seeing the rat. I was very young, but I remember just seeing him having his mouth open and him gasping for air, and he's just taking in water. And I remember thinking to myself, putting myself in those shoes of like, I can't imagine eyes wide gasping for air, Mm -hmm. that primal instinct to breathe, and you can't do it. Every swim you take to the surface, every breath you take is weighing you down more and more so to the bottom of the ocean. As long as we've been together, you've told me that you're recurring nightmares of drowning and I My think I now know drowning. why, probably why you have that. I have a recurring <laughs> drowning nightmare where I'm trying to swim to the surface and I take a deep breath because I can't hold my breath anymore and it's of water and every time I do, it makes me heavier. Mm-hmm. But it's, So it's harder to swim to the surface. How much is therapy? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Is that your secret hunch, though, <laughs> what's, what's, What was the question? Oh, I don't yeah. remember. How do you think you'll die? Secret hunch. Oh, uh, something's going to take... I think stroke. I have a lot of stroke in my family, so I'm assuming. <laughs> Light switch is going to happen. Can't use half the body, and then like three weeks later, I'll be done. That's my guess. Well, that was a journey for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, this one's more fun. Uh, this is question eight. Name something you and your partner have in common. Oh, uh, uh, taste in comedy. Mm-hmm. Taste in comedy, hands down. Mm-hmm. If I think, I know I can pinpoint what you think is funny. What you do, I, nothing surprises me in what you think is funny. <laughs> and I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like we're playing two different instruments because we do have two different personalities, but we play them in tune. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. That makes sense. Sweet. Yeah. Shit. Oh, can I swear? We'll just play this. Yeah, you can I can swear. Great. We'll just play this we'll play lip this. sync. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? The thing you that can't we use that though. Other than comedy. Yeah. Took that I, from you. I think that we both, um, we both enjoy. Well, I was gonna say playing Zelda together, but I think I had to introduce that into your life. Yes, but yeah. I think that what we both enjoy about it is that we both enjoy like exploring and journeys. Yeah. Because we've played other video games together, and you know we've tried some more that we weren't as yeah. interested in playing. But it's you know we like doing things together. And what yeah. video games facilitate is sort of taking winding, totally winding exploratory adventures. I agree. Question nine: For what? For what in your life do you? Ooh, this is a British question. For what in your <laughs> life do you feel most grateful? For what in your life? What do you feel about, what do you feel is grateful in your life? <laughs> Phrased, um, I feel most grateful for the people that ha- are in my family, both by blood and by choice, mm. including you. Because I think that, um, you know, all the good fortune that I've had and all the success that I've had is largely because of, you know, my parents and my sister and then you know, the friends that I made in high school that I'm yeah. still like sisters with today and, you know, finding you, I've, I've yeah. been lucky in finding people who are, you know, enormously supportive. I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't have the job that I have now if you hadn't encouraged me to drop out of a PhD program and mm-hmm. put my energy into writing. Yeah. I was like, drop out of school. Which it was a good influence in this story. Yeah, most other people. 
a horrible influence. Yeah. No, but it was good because you were actually supportive of saying if you put the energy that you put into writing a dissertation into writing comedy, you'll yeah. have a job in it. I just knew there's that, uh, I use this reference a couple of the times, is that scene in the movie Blow with Johnny Depp and Ray Liotta <laughs> where he's showing his father around and he's just like uh, about his mansions. He's like, look what I did, dad. And then his father, Ray Liotta, just says like, you, if you, you could have done anything. It doesn't matter that it's this or could have been anything else, but you could have done anything. I think the same thing. I was like, yeah, drop by the PhD. You'll figure something else out with comedy if you want to do that. It doesn't matter what the thing is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you advised her on her future based on a movie? I'm just using it as the analogy. I'm really Oda in this instance. <laughs> Not I want, any yeah. movie. The movie the Blow. The movie Blow. <laughs> <laughs> I did have the poster when I was a kid. <laughs> so same to you. Name, uh, oh, wait. What was the question? Grateful. What am I grateful about? Oh, I gotta answer grateful. this. You had that one, yeah. Um, uh, uh, meeting you and uh, doing. I was. Uh, I come from like a big Portuguese family. Majority of my family's either construction workers or like trade people, right? Or um, those kinds of jobs. And I completely went a completely different route. Uh, and I, it's a big risk that I had to, you know, moving here. I'm like a townie, mm-hmm. in you know Connecticut. So this was a huge step for me. Nobody in my family. I, nobody in my family graduated college, so there's nobody had to go off to like a different state to go to school or anything like, else like that. Moving to New York was terrifying, mm-hmm. or just moving out, mm-hmm. you know, away from my brother because I lived with my brother for a long time. Um, so coming to the city, honestly, and just being exposed to all the different ways of thinking, all the different kinds of people, mm-hmm. and like at first meeting something meeting someone new and different and at first like thinking I have them, I have them figured out and then realizing how I'm wa- how I'm wrong that continues to happen. I'm 31 now and I'm assuming that's going to happen until I die or when my brain rots away and it's just <laughs> a healthy 30 year old body. But that's, I like that. I, I want that to not stop. I don't want to be stuck in a position where I'm like, I have this all figured out because I think that's an, ig- an ignorant position to take is when you think you're too smart to, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> did you guys move together from Connecticut, or did your she was living? No, here. I I moved here. Uh, we weren't dating. We were friends. We were on the cusp. <clears throat> if you uh, we were flirting. Yeah, you were on the cusp. <laughs> then uh, you moved. I moved here for school, so it delayed then, things a bit. And then, well, I moved here for school, and then we kept talking. And then our friends yeah. were saying, "Well, how often do you talk?" And I'm like, "Every night." And they're like, "Why aren't you dating?" Yeah. <laughs> and then we started dating long distance, and then eventually Joe moved here too. Mm-hmm. All right, question 10. If you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Uh, I went to a vocational high school. Uh, I I would have rather gone to a regular high school because when you go to a vocational high school, you have to pick a trade when you're like a freshman. Basically pick like the rest of your life. And I think... uh, Going to school and going to college and being expo- being having the fear of not knowing what you, you want to do, um, and all or not having that fear, just having the uh, freedom to figure things out a bit. I kind of didn't have that opportunity. I never got to go to college and kind of like think of what I wanted to be or what I wanted to do and discover myself that way. Um, I had to do that while having a full time job. Um, yeah, I think that's. What was the question? Biggest regret or whatever, or biggest thing you change? What you would change? That's what I'd change. Like for like, a, I think it's way too young, mm-hmm. way way too young. What did you pick as your location? Electronics. My shop was closed down. 
they stopped funding it when I was a junior. So we had a, uh, a funding for one year. We had to stretch that for two years. So I was basically like uneducated. When I graduated, I had like a half a high school education because they had to stretch that money. Watch me spell. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about I, you? I would. I guess I would change. Um, uh, I would have. If I could go back and, and change something, I would change uh, the amount of time that I spent outside. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of time inside. I was very bookish and very, uh, you know, I liked reading and writing, which is still true. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, you taught me how to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. I learned how to swim when I was in my 30s. Yeah. Um, you know, things like that sort of the I'm sort of now going back and and you know experiencing those sort of childhood experiences for the first time um so yeah I guess I would have yeah with an adult body which could be tough yeah 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 <laughs> turns out that bike hard to yeah. yeah when you're an adult body and you understand how much pain hurts and how much medical bills cost it's a lot harder to take physical risks <laughs> question number 11 uh, take two minutes to tell your life story in as much detail as possible. Okay. My life story. I was born in Cleveland, Ohio on a Sunday. <laughs> was it really a Sunday? Yeah. Was it really a Sunday? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was born in Cleveland. I, uh, I have one older sister named Diana. She's four years older than me. She is um, a very talented uh, seamstress. She makes corsets and a lot of bridal wear and things like that uh, and costumes for theater. Um, my parents, uh, my father was a comedian and writer um, on his own time. During the day, he worked at a variety of nonprofits. Um, <clears throat> he worked at the United Way, American Heart Association, uh, places like that doing uh, PR and communications. And then my mother was an English professor for um, her whole life. Uh, she just retired a couple years ago. <clears throat> she taught at, uh, at a community college. She taught English. Um, and I was raised in Cleveland, went to Catholic, uh, grade school and Catholic high school and Methodist college. Uh, <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> what else? I majored in theater. I, after college, bounced around, did some theater jobs, and then I joined the Peace Corps uh, to have an adventure, which I did. Came home, um, got a job in Connecticut, which is where I met Joe. Uh, lived in Connecticut for two years, and that's where I started doing comedy and uh, um, really thinking that that was something that I was definitely interested in doing. And then I moved to New York for my master's at Brooklyn College and continued doing comedy. Joe moved here. I moved on to a PhD. Uh, and then I was doing more uh, comedy than PhD work. So Joe encouraged me to quit the PhD. So I did. And now I write for the late show Stephen Colbert. Wow. That was, that was really, that's a really good wrap. That's a good wrap up. Man. Down um, to the last second. Where did you go with the Peace Corps? Uh, Romania. That's what I was going to ask because you're wearing the t-shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing swag. On... <laughs> In a podcast, which doesn't make you, to buy, it really you need to buy that shirt, though, right? Oh yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah, like I such bought a the shirt. Thing. You have to buy your own swag. Well, you know, their budget keeps getting cut. So. That's true. Yeah. Oh, this got political. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. 
Two minutes. Okay, two minute story. Uh, so I was born in Hartford Hospital in Connecticut. <laughs> Uh, it was a snowy day on November 19th. I know that because it was told to me multiple times. <laughs> and then I looked it up, and it's true. Um, but my parents, my father does construction. He's, he operates the excavator. Um, and uh, my mom works at a coffee shop for an, inside like an insurance company building. She's like at the cafeteria there. Um, and they still do that. Um, yeah, and I was... I have an older brother, Steve, uh, who's three years older than me. I was I went to Pitkin Elementary Public School. Uh, then after I went to Catholic school for two years, St. Christopher uh, School, only for two years. And then I went to a vocational high school, Halachini Tech, um, where I learned electronics, which I just mentioned. Um, yeah, what else? Uh, oh, then I graduated. I worked at a music st- – first I worked at a bank – for a little bit, and then I got a job at a music store for a couple of years, and I taught myself how to like play piano, drums, um, guitar, bass guitar, and I had a bunch of instruments, and I was big into music. Um, then I got a job at a comedy club called The Funny Bone. I was working box office, and there's a bunch of people there doing uh, open mics and stuff, so I did a couple open mics. I did that for a little bit, and then I did... Improv comedy, I found Claire Zick, who's a improv person in Connecticut. She was teaching a class, so I asked if I could be part of it, but it was too late to register, so she pushed me over to Matt Newfeld for Har- uh, Hartford Stage, whereas, where we met. Um, then we, you met, you met, you glossed over this, we started a company together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Two <laughs> minutes is short. We have a biz, we, oh, God. <laughs> right, and then we, then we, yeah, then I moved to New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they opened up a theater, CT Improv Comedy mm-hmm. Theater in Connecticut. Yeah. If you hadn't been pushed to a different class, you guys had never, We'd never met. met. Would have never met. Or we would have met because the comedy community is not big in Connecticut, as mm-hmm. you can assume, at least in Hartford, Connecticut. But it wouldn't have. I wouldn't have been part of that clique, that CT Improv clique, mm-hmm. because that came out of this uh, class called Harold Who. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to talk about the company you have together, or you had together? Um. Yeah, it's still operating it's in still Connecticut. Operating they Connecticut. have a theater. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have a theater, and they're doing really well teaching classes. We were teaching classes for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a uh, improv festival called the Hartford Improv Festival, which we perform in basically every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going really well. We did a lot of corporate gigs. We did a lot of all that jazz. Yeah, and uh, it's fun. It's basically the stage is a mini UCB Chelsea. Yeah, if you like UCB Chelsea, <laughs> it's a mini version of that, and it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. All right, question twelve. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, human or superhuman, what would it be? Um, if I can gain any ability, uh, super, what was it again? Any quality or abilities, human or superhuman, what would it be? So I assume that's I guess, like, could be anything from like flying to like better at math or anything. Uh, to observe all of the dimensions of the universe. Okay. <laughs> So like we live in a thir- three dimensions, right? And then the fourth being our perception of time. So we move through this universe, correct? There's an up and down. Uh-huh. There's a forward and back. And that's the three dimensions, right? Mm-hmm. That's one plane. First one is the dot. Second one up and then. So three dimensions. The fourth, let's say the fourth is time. That means I can go through time. That means I could like bend space and time. I think it's Doctor Strange. I've never seen the movie, but I assume it. All right, my list to cool. just not need glasses. <laughs> you know, you 
There is a thing you can do for that, though. I actually can't do it. I was advised oh, to not no. do it because I have. I went in for a consultation once, and they, I, you know, they said, well, you know, the only danger is, you know, sometimes if people are prone to scarring, you know, that could be an issue. And I was like, oh. And then I had like a, a tank top on under my hoodie, and I took off the hoodie, and I, I have a lot of scars all over my upper body. Um, and the doctor just looked at me and said. No, you'll go blind. I can't do this. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so, glasses for life. What if you can see in a fourth dimension, though? <laughs> right, but do I need glasses? Uh, <laughs> you do. Ah. I love that you have a lot of scars, but you learned how to bike when you were in yeah, your what? 30s. Like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Chicken pox, man. It'll take you down. <laughs> it's the most unepic way to get scars. I know. I always wished growing up that I'd been in some sort of, like, fire or something. Yeah. <laughs> Because I feel like if you're going to look like this, like, at least have a badass reason. <laughs> Question 13. If a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, or your future, what would you want to know? Oh, man. I don't think I would want to know my future. Um, oh, man. I I. I don't know if I would want to know anything. <laughs> I feel like the more I know, the more anxiety I would feel. Um, I don't know. I'd probably pick something dumb like, you know, what should we invest in or like, you yeah. know, lotto numbers or something lame like that. I don't think I'd want to know anything deep because that would just be a burden. I think I'd want to know like something that's not specific. I'd be like, do I, do I have like a lot of pain? Like, do I experience something very big? I'm assuming I'm going to mm-hmm. experience, like, a death or two, mm-hmm. you know, or I might cause a death or two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, But, uh, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, am I going to experience... Like, <laughs> Is he going to murder us? <laughs> <laughs> if only we had a crystal ball. If only we had a So, yeah, like, you know, will I experience something traumatic or, like, um, will things work out? Yeah, but like you Stuff just like said, that. you already feel like you know the answer to that. So Do wouldn't I? that just be a burden to know that? Wait, with what? You said you're bound to experience trauma at some point in your life. But like something big, like 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 besides the standard stuff. <laughs> it's my ball. I can ask it whatever <laughs> I want. <laughs> Fair. All right, question 14. Is there something you've dreamed of doing for a long time? Why haven't you done it? Um... Having like a good stand-up comedy act, mm. like a good tight five minutes that I can easily just do. Why haven't you done That's it? That's a career thing. I have no time. I have to make time for it. And I'm at this point where I'm doing a lot of things and I'm nervous about what I should cut out because I'm like, oh, that could be, if I cut that mm-hmm. out, that could lead to something. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a good position to be in that I'm doing a lot of things that have been fruitful to me, but at the same time, it's like uh, it's getting in the way of this specific goal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it, that I dreamed of doing. I guess anything, something that's more personal would be like more vacations, more traveling, stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. um, I've, I've never time. really traveled, which requires time. But I can I'll make time for that because that's temporary. Mm-hmm. Where something like this requires um, me to. Uh, it's like a muscle you gotta work it out mm-hmm. it's not just a week away mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what about you um i mean I, I always there's a joke that i always have the same new year's resolution every year and it's to be able to do a handstand and walk on my hands you told me that and i said that will never happen 
<laughs> and so far you are correct. That was like four years ago. It is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've had that for at least four years. Uh, it's just, it's laziness. Yeah. It's the, you know, I think it would be cool to do it, but uh, yeah, it's it's laziness and it's making the time because it means, you know, I'd have to like go to the gym, get a stronger upper body, yeah. you know. Okay, question number 15. Mm-hmm. What is the greatest accomplishment of your life? Wow. Um, huh. I mean, I, I guess the greatest accomplishment would be getting the job that I have now. Yeah. Um, I write for The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and that, you know, yeah. that's a dream job. Um, I guess that would be my greatest, like, career accomplishment um, is managing to get that job. Yeah. It's because it's what just would, so like not many people yeah, get it. Yeah, not, no, the odds are it's low. just yeah. It, it, our job, our careers are set up, and at least comedy has like uh, accolades, and it's just mm-hmm. such a huge accolade of just you got this job. Everybody realizes that, that it's an achievement. It's mm-hmm. an achievement. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what about you? Um, what's my biggest accomplishment? I guess yeah. moving to the city and surviving. Because mm-hmm. that's not, I mean, that could have gone bad. Especially when you don't have a college education. It's tough to find a job. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I've been I've been at the same job for like five years. And so. it's something that you didn't necessarily like think that you were always going to do. No, I've only been in New York for like, I've only seen New York like three times before. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I have no safety net too. So it's not like, mm-hmm. you know, if something happens, I can, hey. Check. <laughs> yeah yeah it's not gonna happen yeah so all right yeah question 16 what do you value most in a friendship um just this i don't even know if this is a, a correct this is an answer but like the, you know that like you know when you're friends with someone but you're not like you're like more really strong acquaintances there's still a wall <laughs> <laughs> like I know that person really well. Yeah. I like to know. I I I, I want to know the person. I like knowing the person. I think there's like a couple people here. There's a handful of people here that I like in New York and in, in the comedy scene that I know, and I consider them like true friends. Mm-hmm. I'm friends with a lot of people, but there's like, uh, you know, there's some people I just like know as people. It's almost like if you watch Seinfeld and Kramer does something, you know exactly what he's going to do, how he's going to react to a certain situation. Like I, want, I like that kind of friendship where you know <laughs> them as almost as a character. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it's not a performance. It's just genuinely how they are. Mm-hmm. What I about think, you? I think my answer is probably pretty similar. That uh, being very real yeah. with the other person like i think about the there's a a group of of women that we've been friends since we were 13 we were best friends in high school and we're still all best friends um and uh yeah even though we don't talk every day or even every month sometimes like we're extremely comfortable in front of each other we're painfully honest with each other Mm -hmm. you know sometimes to the point of you know bringing someone to tears but um it's that brutal honesty that comes out of you know actually caring about the other person yeah question number 17 Mm -hmm. uh what is your most treasured memory hmm 
that's a hard one. I guess um, the feeling of coming home from the Peace Corps. Because I didn't come home the whole time that I was gone. There's sort Mm. of mixed, you get mixed advice, um, but the advice that I got that I followed was um, to not go home to visit while you're gone. Because sometimes when people go home, then when they come back, it's actually harder to finish out their term of service because they've had a taste of going home. Uh, And they advise that if possible, have your family come visit you instead. So that when you come home, they'll have like seen your experience. Um, And so I remember the sensation of flying home and like seeing Cleveland out the window of the plane and just being Mm -hmm. more excited than anyone else on the plane to see Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And like running off the plane and seeing um, uh, my dad came to pick me up in the airport and he had made like a sign with my name on it, like the old fashioned way to like pick me up. Um, Yeah, just that sense. I always equate it in my mind to that moment in It's a Wonderful Life when you see Jimmy Stewart run in front of the sign um, the sign of, of the, the city and it used to say Potterville and like he runs past it and it, it's, it's been fixed and he just like cheers, mm. uh, like that sense of like, it's fixed. I'm home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it felt like that moment. What about you? Um, I don't know. I guess in this moment right now, I remember, uh, our early, early CT stuff. That was for, because that was like uh it was almost that transition to like who i am now Mm -hmm. as opposed to like who i was and uh yeah like doing this i remember our first paid gig we did were you there for that one i don't don't know it was myself no it was like a birthday party i think it was someone hired us we got twenty dollars no yeah i was there you were there for that one yeah yeah and i remember being there with john Mm -hmm. and uh a lot of those early gigs with john and just having that starry-eyed like this is the dream you know what i mean <laughs> also i was in my early 20s too i think i was like 22 or 23 mm-hmm. yeah that was meant so much yeah. it's almost like I, we learned i learned we learned how to be a performer first then how to be have like a comedic mind mm-hmm. and i love that i love like performing mm-hmm. and the nervousness that comes with it all right Question 18. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the sad one. What is your most terrible memory? Um, My most terrible memory. Um, here's one. I guess there's, uh, yeah, I'm going to share what I'll, I'll, Ter- terrible enough to for a podcast how about that <laughs> like other the than, world is listening other than like, drowning a rat yeah <laughs> that was pretty bad but that that one was like a that's that was a teachable terrible memory where it's yeah. like it like stuck with me mm-hmm. and like what it feels like to drown mm-hmm. to empathize the feeling of drowning mm-hmm. anyways but uh uh i don't know like i used to have like bad horrible anxiety and like obsessive compulsiveness when i was in like when I was like a teenager and I used to have like bad stomach problems. And I remember I used to have like anxious fits and I'd feel like I can't, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to have this handicap for the rest of my life. This is, I have to deal with this. Right. Um, yeah. And just, that was, 
and it's not terrible in the moment where you where it's like I you're in it and you're like this is terrible. It's looking back at it and knowing it's terrible, mm-hmm. like oh it's a terrible thing to go through. I guess that would be pretty bad because that's thinking my life was going to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. What about you? Probably when my dad made the decision that it was time to go into hospice. Because that was, I remember my uncle was over and he like called my uncle in to talk to him. Mm -hmm. And then I saw my uncle leave and like take a moment outside to like compose himself. And it was sad to see him be sad. Yeah. And he had, weirdly, and he made the decision is what you're saying. Yes. Yes. He didn't want to die at home because he knew that that would be traumatic for my mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a follow-up question, uh, Joe. How did you, did they eventually go away, or how did you manage to get out of what you were going through? Um, I t- took, I had, like, Nexium for a while for, like, acid reflux, and I took, like, um, Cymbalta for a bit, which is, like, a I think an SSRI, whatever that's called. Um, and, like, for a while, and then just kind of, like, managing. I was able to manage it really well. And honestly, this might sound stupid, but like kind of like meditation techniques without knowing it's meditation. And then, you know, uh, I was able to 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 get through it. I think really it comes down to being able to identify actual emotions and then process those emotions. So to think of everything as just either anger or sadness or happiness, there's more than just like three emotions. There's more than just like, you know ways of uh, there's a whole hundreds of emotions and like knowing like you feel this way and also identifying how you feel instead of saying i feel angry right now it's like that is anger right instead of feeling like i feel happy about this that is happiness so you add uh like Mm -hmm. you can process it better and i think that has helped me so much that's that movie inside out yeah is it? I've never I keep seen telling it. you, you got to see Inside Out. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, okay. <laughs> Have you not seen Inside Out? I've never seen it, no. Ooh, get ready. Really? <laughs> probably, yeah, I'm assuming it's written by someone who's has yeah. like the same thing. Yeah. Uh, question 19. If you knew you would die a year from now, would you change anything about the way you are now? Living, why? Yes, I would. Mm-hmm. I would... Probably eat more stuff. <laughs> uh, like eat everything, eat all the different foods that I've never tried, um, and a lot of them, and do more like vacations. Yeah, yeah. I just take a bunch of loans and like quit my yeah, job. Just blow it off because they don't do. Other people know I'm gonna die from it, or it's like a secret that I know, and I can just like, <laughs> tell people around me. Take a bunch yeah. of loans and just live how I want to live for a year. Mm-hmm. And just go out with a bang. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you, what do you be, mean go out with a bang? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. This is going to be used on Dateline. <laughs> what uh, would you do? No, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. I'd probably uh, quit my job um, and just see the world firsthand, not mm-hmm. just like pictures online. Mm-hmm. Go actually see things. Mm-hmm. Be in a desert. I don't know. See a see a ice desert. See a hot sand desert. 
Go to the polls, see the Aurora Borealis. I've always wanted mm-hmm. to see that. That Grand Desert tour we've always talked about. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to see yeah. the bol- I want to see the southern sky. Mm-hmm. I want to see what the sky looks like on the south part of the world. Mm-hmm. They have a different sky than us. <laughs> like that's something you never <laughs> think of. But we look up and see a certain set of stars because we're facing, uh, you know, mm-hmm. space a certain way. They have a completely different way. There's no Big Dipper. They have the Southern Cross. So like, I there's little things like that. I just want to like uh, see. What about you? Do I have to ask? Or no, that? I said it. Oh, you said yeah. yours already. Oh, yeah. never mind. Same stuff. Just with also eating food. Yeah. Uh, eating yeah, all the eat things. Eat all the things. I want to see deserts. <laughs> you can go to deserts. I'll go home and I'll eat all of the different pierogies. Uh, question 20 beyond what you value in a friendship what does having close friends mean to you personally um I think having close friends is like comforting Mm -hmm. it's almost like a break from life when you're able to just hang out with close friends because it's really in the moment and it's you're not talking about Oh, I need to. We need to do this. We need to succeed at this. We have to. We're planning this out to do this. Where the reason why we're hanging out is because we're doing this project together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's we're hanging out for the sake of hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, that I love more than anything in the world, and that's kind of like what you miss most about childhood. At least I do. It's like having friends and just being really in the moment of like having that week off in like for winter vacation or whatever, and just hanging out for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what means the most to me, I guess. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, I would say having um, an extended family. Mm. Um, you know, I keep bringing up the group of St. Augustine girls yeah. that, uh, women now, who <laughs> will always be girls more together, but um, that we're still very close in it. It really is, a, especially the older we get, it very much is a constructed family of, um, you know, being there for each other through, you know, births and deaths and mm-hmm. all those life things and all those like, you know, weird things. Uh, you know, once you've watched someone, uh, you know, pump their breast milk in front of you, your family. So, <laughs> yeah, that's Olive Garden's second. Tagline. It is. It didn't catch on. No. Yeah. Question 21. How important is love and affection in your life? How do you show affection? Um, I'm big into hugs. Yeah. I make you hug me a lot. <laughs> I demand. You, you call them standing, standing embraces. I do. I do. They can't just be hugs. They have to be standing embraces, which is more yeah. meaningful. Because it's, I'll stand in the middle of the room and I'll stand, I want, I want a standing embrace and I want a meaningful embrace. Mm-hmm. And we'll just have to like hug and like really hold it. Nobody's looking at the TV. Yeah. It's just an actual meaningful embrace. Our friend Summer al had this whole thing about what, the six, like, second, six hug. second hugs. Yeah. Because that's, it's, it's, that's like the amount of time like endorphins kick in or whatever. Yeah, or you have to really hold it. You have to really hold it. Yeah, it's not yeah. just a cheap hug. Yeah. And I will say something that I think uh, that I like about how we show affection is that we always say, I love you before we go to bed. Mm-hmm. Even Very if we're true. mad at each other and it's through gritted teeth. Yeah. We do always say, I love you. Great. What about you? How do you show affection? How do I show affection? I'm like a golden retriever. Right <laughs> I'm not hiding anything. <laughs> Do, do I, I don't, I don't do the mental games. I don't do any of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. We're all dying. 
we have a certain amount of years podcast, left. We're all dying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't do the mental games. I don't do the, maybe it's because I never went to college. And I feel like it's a very college high school thing of like the drama aspect of it. I don't do the drama. I like hearing about, I like hearing gossip from other people, but I just mm-hmm. want to like, I like to show affection. I like to receive affection. I like mm-hmm. all that stuff. And why is it, was the second part was why is it important? Just because it's, oh, that's, I already answered that. It's easy. I don't, I can't, I'm tired. <laughs> I can't, I'm too old. Because we're all going to die. All right. Question 22. Share two positive characteristics of your partner. Okay. So compliment me twice. <laughs> Go. <laughs> right. um, yeah, you're very smart. Um, and just like, artic- art- you have the articulate smart. Right, you can use very few words to make your point, which I love. I think it's so. I wish you almost like you've edited. How many? Even this instance, I'm having trouble <laughs> saying what I want to say. But like, uh, you can with the, as much few words as possible, you can get your point across, which I really like, and I envy that. I wish I could do that. Um, and second is just you're very funny. You have the exact. We have the exact same sense of humor, and we know exactly who's funny. And there's like, it's kind of. It's also it's very like happy, but it's also very dark at the same time. <laughs> yeah, right? you know what I mean. Which I love. Mm-hmm. I love that juxtaposition because I'm the same way. I'm like bubbly, but I make a very dark joke. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, I'm gonna compliment you twice. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> um, you're very um, uh, emotionally expressive. It's very true. In a way that I envy because I'm not no um but you're very uh spock and uh, it's a uh, spock and bones mccoy there you go there it is we'd be great in space <laughs> kirk we have no captain, we have no captain. <laughs> we're a good support the crew. dog is the captain <laughs> um but you're very uh I think that's why you're a good host like when you host shows or when you host podcasts mm-hmm. uh because you're very outgoing and you make people comfortable with how um easy you are and how i guess affectionate is the right word um you know not in a weird way but how affectionate you are in being you know kind and outgoing with people this is going to be a blurb on my website now (laughs) (laughs) uh and then the second thing i would say is that uh i think that you um this is something that you've talked about that you do in improv that i think you do in life that i really like which is that you make the move first and then you justify it later yeah. You're impulsive in a very positive way. Yeah, that way. didn't start with improv. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it has yeah. served you well in improv, but I think it serves you well in life too, that you you don't, um, it is the opposite of funny. It's what you said you envy, I think, is mm-hmm. your strength, is that you don't edit necessarily, that you make a bold choice and then you justify how you got there, you yeah. make it work. Um, and I think that that means that you tend to put yourself out there and take more risks and make you know more creative choices than other people who maybe stop themselves before the opportunity arises yeah thank you you're welcome question 23 uh how close right close yeah is that a c how close and warm is your family do you feel your childhood was happier than most other people's i think i have a very close and warm family you have a very close and warm family yeah you guys send each other holiday cards for every <laughs> holiday known like tax day you get a card <laughs> I, it uh, is yeah, yeah leap year we'll get a card 
yeah, we send cards. We're very affectionate. Um, yeah, and I think we were very warm and, and close growing up, I'd say. Yeah. Like, looking back now, I understand, like, oh, we didn't have a lot of money or things. But, yeah, you know, yeah. being a kid, it didn't seem weird to me because I didn't feel a lack. Yeah. What about you? No, yeah, my family's close. It's not as affectionate as your family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're all right. <laughs> no, no, but like, uh, yeah, there, there, there's like, uh, um, we're close. We all we're very structured. So like Thanksgiving, we all we go to this person's house or Christmas, mm-hmm. we go to that person's house. We've been doing it since I've been very, very young. Um. Yeah, but I'm very close with my cousins, uh, especially on my father's side. I think and I'm that's close with my nice. brother. Yeah, I think like that. I'm really close with those people. And since I didn't grow up particularly close to any of yeah. my cousins, yeah, I think it's really nice. You that guys you have, have a very like, a co- sister yeah. brother relationship with your cousins. Yeah, you guys have like a like a first family unit closeness affection. Yeah, yeah, we just yeah. have a huge family, so we're not mm-hmm. super. They're all over the place. Uh, question twenty four. How do you feel about your relationship with your mother? Yeah, I feel great about my relationship with my mother. I have a, I was, I think uh, my mom is very outgoing, and mm-hmm. I get that from her. Or my father is very antisocial, and he has like a dark sense of humor, which I get from him. My mom mm-hmm. doesn't have that, mm-hmm. um, but my mom is like a very emotional person, and I think I get a lot of that from her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, she's very outgoing and yeah. kind. Exactly. Yeah. Both my parents are, uh, I'm first generation here. So mm-hmm. my parents are immigrants. This is a foreign land to them when they came. We're just having this conversation. Mm-hmm. I think it was, yeah, we, I think it was us where it's like, uh, they view this country differently. Mm-hmm. We were just talking to my brother. We're like, uh, um, no, we were talking about this the other night. We were yeah. Too. Um, where it's, I can't imagine going to a place and then having kids and you're just, the, the, the land is not your home. Mm-hmm. Right, even if they came here when they were, uh, you know, young. Uh, like I think my mom was a teenager and my father was preteen mm-hmm. or about that age, and uh, but still, it's not. Or this is my home. This is my country. I was born here, but I can't imagine it not being in like, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, but she's very social and everybody, mm-hmm. everybody loves her. I was at a party for my brother. I think for when he got married and this guy was like, Oh, your mother. I think I know your mother. And I explained like, Oh, she's, she works at the coffee shop. I know her. Everybody loves her. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you get your social aspect. She's just a a very warm and kind person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you? I think it's good. I mean, we talk, you know, there's, there's not, not really, you know, other than like stuff where it would be weird. Like there's nothing that I don't talk about with my mother. And I value her advice and guidance. So we're both very lucky that there's no estranged family members. So there's no like someone who had to disconnect from the family or like yeah, that's true. There's none. There's we didn't deal with any divorce or anything yeah. like that. We've talked about that. That it's yeah. the fact that we both have parents statistically still together is, is unusual. Yeah, it's unusual for our age. Yeah. Um, and I, that's, we're fortunate about that. Yeah. I just uh, want to brag that our parents are also together. <laughs> <laughs> Show offs. <laughs> Question number 25. Make a true we statement. For example, uh, for instance, we are both, what is that beeping? 
Make a true we statement. For instance, we are both feeling. Oh, okay. A true we statement. Mm-hmm. Um, we. I mean, there's so many to make. I mean, I'm just going through our day. <laughs> we both like French toast for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> like sleeping <laughs> if that makes sense me more than you we're both tired a lot of the time. I feel like we're me different you're a night person I'm a morning person yeah. we both enjoy as I love going to bed early you love sleeping oh, in I but love, we both enjoy sleeping I love being <laughs> up so with so you old. sleeping I like being uh, in, the, yes. in the apartment and you being in the bedroom just no, not so if I'm, you're away and I'm mm-hmm. in the apartment alone, I don't like that. I don't like being alone. But I mm-hmm. like knowing that you're in the apartment mm-hmm. you, and I'm with the dog or something. You're just having the volume down. There's something so comforting about that. I think when I was a kid, I used to do that too. My parents would be asleep. Mm-hmm. Me and my brother would be awake watching TV with the volume low, with like the lights low. You know, just like relaxing watching TV or whatever. And I love that. Which and is the perfect It's my flip. favorite thing Because I love, I love sleeping and knowing that you're yeah. awake cuddled with the yeah. dog on the couch. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, question 26, besides your partner, what is one thing in your life you'd like to share with someone else? Besides your partner, what is one thing in your life you'd like to share with someone else? I think this else? is a swinger's question. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is who's your hall pass is what <laughs> <Yeah>. this is. <laughs> so I guess like an experience or... What do you want to share? One with thing that you'd like to share oh, with someone else. Oh, I can answer that question. Yeah. Oh my God, oh, I was waiting do. for you. We yeah. both do, but... Uh, what's one thing I want to share with someone else? Yeah. Um. Uh, like a roller coaster ride? I want to like ride a yeah, roller Yeah, I don't like roller coasters. Yeah, you don't yeah. like roller coasters. So yeah. I would like to ride a ro- like a cool roller coaster with someone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. This is a weird question. I don't know how to answer this. Like yeah, what's something? Oh, you know what the best way to think about it is? What's something I don't like that you always wanted to do, but now you can do it with this other person? Oh, that's like roller coaster is something. Yeah, you don't. That's do. tough because you're real easygoing. I feel like you'll do anything. I do. Yeah, that's kind of my whole bag. Is when like, we go out for like a nice Indian dinner or talk someone <laughs> softly. Yeah, or Indian <laughs> sushi. <laughs> stuff I don't really want to do. Yeah, let's say that. Okay. Question number 27. What is something a new friend would need to know about you before you became close? I guess that I'm kind of a homebody. Mm. I'm a little quiet and I'm kind of a homebody and I think that that can sometimes come off, especially in New York in the comedy scene where I think everybody's very like effusive and very yeah. performative sometimes. You're not that like, at I'm all. Not, if anything, think, you're very professional. I think that can come you off as kind of standoffish, yeah. but it's really just that I'm I'm kind of a homebody. My thing I always say about you is that everyone wants to impress you because you, you <laughs> don't, you're very professional and you don't do the, the, the performance where everyone's like, I don't know why Kate doesn't like me. <laughs> not even like, it's like, I don't know why she doesn't like take to me. Yeah. You're, always, you're, you're just like, kind of like, oh, hello. <laughs> nice to meet you. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. I'll yeah. have my sketch in by two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, I don't understand. <laughs> um, so yeah. what's your, what's your, something some people would have to know about you? Before we become close. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'm like, like um, like I'm um, flip and I'm silly. Mm-hmm. I try I try I hide that a lot. 
I hide the flipping silliness. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll be silly, but like I'm che- cheeky. Cheeky, yeah. <laughs> I'm cheekier than most people think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess that's an answer enough. Oh. All right. Question twenty-eight. Think of one more specific thing you like about your partner. Something you haven't already mentioned. So compliment me differently and more specifically, please. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Um, well, the thing is we talk about here it is we okay. like to have you might already know this though because we talk about everything and that is the answer here we talk about we love to have debates mm-hmm. and it not get emotional or not we don't get angry at each other we Sometimes love we having different point, we love having different <laughs> perspectives mm-hmm. on stuff in which we do we're not peas in a pod we're like we have we're our own people but we like to engage in having that conversation and be like hmm, i i see your take on this that's interesting i'm not going to change the way i think about it mm-hmm. but i i value uh your opinion and i accept it but i don't you know it it that's it I think we first started dating and you were living with your brother and i remember i was laying on on your futon and you were sitting in like your desk chair and we just we stayed up late debating religion yeah religion versus science and this is like we had just started dating yeah, yeah, yeah. and i remember thinking like wow this is so hot that we're having <laughs> such a <laughs> such a respectful debate yeah. about things that we disagree on no, we both really love a good conversation we're like mm-hmm. we're like a british panel show <laughs> love i i love having that uh, intellectual conversation especially because i don't have that I didn't have that uh, education upbringing, but I like the engagement and I like to to have my point of view kind of question like, oh, is this right? What does this person think of this? Because I don't think that I'm infallible in any way. Mm -hmm. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so one more specific. I mean, I would say that's, you know, I would flip that compliment back and say the same thing about you, but to make Mm -hmm. it different so I don't look like I'm stealing your answer. Uh, I would say... A more specific compliment, I guess, would be you are um, playful. I don't know that that is more specific. I'm thinking of more general. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking you are a person. (laughs) I'm thinking of like you with the dog. Like, you know, you're, you're, because I'm not as naturally playful, Mm. if that makes sense. I, you have a a good sense of play with, with the dog and with kids. And I think that that's not something that comes naturally to everybody. And I, I like that about you. Cool. I'll take it. It bodes well for all those future dogs that we'll have. (laughs) Question 29. Uh, share with your partner an embarrassing moment in your life. Um, an embarrassing moment. I feel like you've been present for most of them. Yeah, because we do comedy. We do, when you were like a, yeah. a live act, when you do live theater, it's, there's nothing more embarrassing than bombing. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a non-comedy embarrassing moment. Honestly, it would probably be watching me try to swim. Really? We were you were talking about that? Of course. Oh. I regret all that laughing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean it's it's I mean it's objectively embarrassing to, you know, yeah. 
be a five foot nine woman that almost drowns in three feet of water. But it's funny because I don't think of that as embarrassing. Well, it's not embarrassing because it's it's you, and I know that I don't yeah, have to be embarrassed in front true. of you. But objectively, yes, I'm sure that it was very stupid looking. You do get frustrated when you can't do something. Yes. So maybe that's part of maybe that's where the embarrassment comes Probably, from. Probably, yeah. yeah. I don't handle it well when I can't do something. Mm-hmm. Right, for me, it's part of the show. It's, really <laughs> nice. it's like watching like a TV host fumble something. Like, yeah. huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? What about you? What's something that you've been embarrassed by? Um, I was embarrassed when I got cut mm. from Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first time. Yeah, because it felt like, because uh, you got, you were being like, uh, you're, you got like uh, all these other opportunities. Like you're escalating career-wise, and I felt like I was going backwards or something like that. Which now, of course, I know that's not the case at all. But like, um, at the moment, it's a hard thing it to go through. It's a hard thing to go through. Yeah, I guess that's my mm-hmm. answer. All right, question thirty. We're in the thirties. Mm-hmm. When did you last cry in front of another person? And also, when did you last cry by yourself? Well, I only cry about myself. No, by yourself. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. When <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the last time I cried, I don't really cry by myself. No. I don't do that. No. You don't <laughs> cry often either. I don't cry often. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. When was the last time I cried in front of another person? I don't even remember. We both had a conversation recently where we were both crying, and I cannot remember what we were talking about. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. We were laying in bed and we were having a conversation about something, something about life. Something about life. And we were both Maybe crying. That was it then. So it knocks two birds with one stone on that one. Well, you weren't by yourself, but you don't. Oh, really cry yeah, the by yourself. Yeah. I don't cry by myself. Yeah. I think the last time I cried by myself was with the dog, because we thought I thought I was gonna put the dog down. Oh, that was no. You've cried since then. By oh, by myself. yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's yeah. the last time was I. Our had dog this, got really sick. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that still hits me. Even just bringing that up is like, uh, yeah. I thought because when we first adopted a dog, he was having stomach issues, and uh, I had, we brought him to surgery. He had his stomach opened up, and mm-hmm. uh, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. And I remember having you were away, and I was in the apartment. I was like, "This, I'm gonna have to put this dog down." Mm-hmm. That was pretty bad. Yeah, because I knew I had to make that decision because he's technically my dog. Right, and I was not. You would never make that decision. No. I knew it was on me to make that decision. If yeah, that was to, to be the case. Yeah, that was horrible. Yeah. Um, I cry by myself all the time. (laughs) I assume. (laughs) (laughs) I cry easily. (laughs) I'll watch a movie. I'll just look at Gavin and I'll cry. Her upper, like (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, but their story is so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny because you're very not you. You don't do that publicly. Yeah, you're not a public. You know a very different person. Yeah, yeah. I'm working on a book. <laughs> it's going to make me millions. Question 31. What is something you feel other people like most about your partner? What do I feel other people like most about you? Yeah, I read that weird. I think something <laughs> other people well, it's, yeah. like most about me. So I think what other people like most about you is how uh, like outgoing and, and fun and easy easygoing you are. Yeah. I, I try feel to... like everybody... When I, was, when I went to... Um, yeah. Uh, your show at Hell's Kitchen the other night at UCB mm-hmm. Hell's Kitchen. Um, I was sitting with some people, and I don't. I'm at the point now where I don't. There's like a generation of UCB people that I don't know. Yeah. I maybe recognize them, but I don't know them. And I don't assume there. they would know me. I'm pretty much almost there too. I yeah, get, I get what you're saying though. Yeah, you sort of come up with a class, and then you don't yeah. really know people anymore. So anyway, I was sitting around people that I 
didn't really know. Um, but uh, I was sitting with Meredith Paul, and so she was introducing me to people. Um, and uh, everybody knew, know you. Mm. So it's, you know, I'm, I'm Joe's fiance. It's like, oh, Joe, yeah, I know Joe. I know Joe. Yeah. So that was cool. I think people, what people know about you is that you're, you're still outgoing and you're still like. Dry. I think. People well, know you. Yeah. And they like you. <laughs> they like what they say. <laughs> um, I think people, I think you're super reliable and trustworthy. And if some, like I need a good sketch for something or I need something done right, you come to you the first time. You don't need to explain anything to you. I think that's so valuable. Because there's so little of that. You'd think there'd be more of that, but there is, oh my God, the amount of people you just have to like handhold. <laughs> <laughs> Not to like, yeah. I, but it's just like, all these people are young too. But mm-hmm. I think you just a very, oh my God, you're super reliable. And not only that, you come with options. So like, <laughs> if someone asks you for something, you'll be like, how do you want it done? Mm. This way or that way. And I, I take inspiration in that and I do that and I mimic that. And I'm like, oh, okay, someone's asked me to do this. How would like... How you approach it is kind of like how I approach it now. Wow. I, I steal, like, I'm, you know, like that idea or that way of doing it. That's cool. Question 32. Mm-hmm. What, if anything, is too serious to be joked about? That's, that, that's a comedy question that I think mm-hmm. there's no context mm-hmm. in that question. So that's one of those gotcha questions that, like, you know what I mean? You can't answer that question. So everything can be joked about, mm-hmm. depending on the context, mm-hmm. right? You could have a sketch about Hitler. Let's use him as the example, because that's an easy example, and it's uh, something that happened far away, or back back in time. Um, but the context of it, because you're not necessarily making fun of one thing, you're making fun of an aspect of how something is done in that thing, right? Mm-hmm. So anything can be made fun of. It depends on how you make fun of it. Um, with comedy, there always there has to be a winner and a loser, right? Because you're making fun of something. So it, as long as you're not punching down, mm-hmm. uh, I think you can kind of you can you can make fun of it a bit, mm-hmm. and that even breaks itself down. So like even if you are punching down, you could be punching at an aspect of something that's down mm-hmm. that's not necessarily making fun of whatever's below you or whatever. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, everything, you should be able to to make fun of anything because all it is is just shining a light on a specific of that thing or like having a a a perception or or perspective of that thing. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. I think it's not the what, it's the how. It's the, yes. That's, again, you use a lot less words (laughs) to say the same thing. Uh, Question 33. If you were to die suddenly... What would you most regret not having told someone? Why haven't you told them? If I was to die suddenly, what would I most regret not having told someone? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, maybe it just is that I'm very practical. I would probably regret not telling you, like, okay, here's all the bank yeah. accounts. <laughs> like, here's all the... I feel like I view... Because I've, I've, you know, I've seen... of been to a fair amount of funerals and, like, you know, yeah. seen people die and... and I've, at the age now where I've seen that process happen 
you know, in my family and in friends' families. And I, I feel like the thing that we all forget about is the practical aspect. The, <laughs> like somebody's going to have to go through yeah. all that paperwork and figure your stuff out while they're traumatized. You told me about my father because he has two birthdays. You're like, oh. That's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem <laughs> down in the future when you're, you know. You're going to have to figure that out. You have to feel well, I, view have to it, I guess that. I view it also as the like, you know, I want to. I, you know, you're going to be my husband. You're going to yeah. have to take care of things. I, if you're going to be traumatized, which you better be if I die suddenly. Yeah, all this paperwork I got to take care go. of. I, I want to make it easy as easy as possible for yeah. you. So that is my very practical answer to that question. Yeah. What would you regret not telling? Um, I don't know if I'd regret not telling anybody anything. I think what I wanted, I think the message of what I'm trying to, I don't think I've withheld anything. I think... I've said to everybody what I've had to say, mm-hmm. say I mean, and um, yeah, I mean, if there's something I can tell the world or like people is mm-hmm. just like, um, just be more open, I guess, like the pride whole thing is like, when you're young, remove that mm-hmm. pride and just be able to take, you know, be able to be the idiot um, and all that stuff, if that makes sense. Your you final message to the world. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, I would love it if your wedding vows were just like, here's the bank accounts that you need to know about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just, just like filling out forms and stuff. It will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Question 34. Your house catches fire. It's a rough, yeah. rough start to the question. Oh God, these are all morbid <laughs> questions. After having saved loved ones and pets, what one thing would you save? So me, me and Gavin are safe. What would you say? I'm not sentimental about objects. I guess my yeah. computer, just because <laughs> I need it. But I, you know me. Mm-hmm. I'm not very sentimental when it comes to stuff. Yes. So we're planning on moving, and I always joke with Kate. <laughs> I always just stand in the middle of the apartment and look around with a, like a, a, like a scolding look saying, what am I going to throw out? <laughs> what am I going to get rid of before we move? Just like joking around, because yeah. she has the opposite. She, everything yeah. means something to you i have an emotional attachment to like, every object in our house right, you know this week i gotta throw and you're like no it's what's the other term i say we have to throw this away you say something else like we have what? to clean oh we have to we have to to declutter De- or, something like or clean yeah. up or yeah. straighten up but uh, yeah like, no, not throw throwing away. us away yeah uh yeah i mean i guess this is more of a logical answer but it is the it's right fair answer. computer because it has it's expensive yeah. and everything all like my loved ones are safe so like yeah. a computer would be the first thing i'd take okay and like underwear i don't know if i'm okay wearing clothes all right <laughs> <laughs> i would i i don't know how i would pick you'd have to drag me out wouldn't you take your computer though no you need that though i'd probably go for photo albums that baseball for my father That's the thing is everything's online now jewelry no I'd go for objects. You'd have to pull but me out of the house. But you can survive a fire. You can melt that shit down and get that money back. It's not why I have any jewelry. <laughs> Question 35. <laughs> of all the people in your life, whose death would you find most disturbing and why? Oh, my most God. Most disturbing? Yeah. Yeah, most disturbing. I guess all of them? Yeah. You didn't write the question. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Whose death would I... I mean, I guess it would be like, if I knew someone who like exploded, I'd find that the most disturbing. <laughs> yeah. I feel like disturbing is associated disturbing with the how of the death. Yeah, than the totally. Who. Yeah. I'd be... 
yeah, I'd be I'd be upset by all deaths. Disturbing would yeah. be like. I always how think they of went. Jurassic World. Remember that one scene in Jurassic World where the um, assistant? Yeah, was gets eaten like, out of nowhere. It's like yeah. a 45-second scene. I know it sounds short, but that is a long death scene. Yeah. And she was like thrown around and eaten by a pterodactyl, which was eaten by a, like a yeah. big old dinosaur shark. That is disturbing because those kids watch that. And she, that, to me, that's she was disturbing. the only one who was taking care of those kids yeah. and doing her job right. There was no yeah. reason for her to die yeah. that way because she wasn't a villain. She was yeah. a neutral character. That's yeah. just bad script writing. Yeah. It's so a fictional character's death. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm trying to think of like. Was most disturbing. Yeah, was most disturbing. <laughs> I was disturbed in the theater. I was like, that's crazy. I can say unequivocally this is Anna's favorite answer. To <laughs> 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 Everyone's like, my mother, my father, dinosaur death. <laughs> well, disturbing, like if my, you know, if, God forbid someone in my family was like murdered in front of me. That would be disturbing. But yeah, like anybody, yeah. any yeah. death in front of me, that disturbing is an interesting word to choose. Yeah. yeah. I think the word screw up the, the question. Yeah. Go back to your, whoever wrote this question. <laughs> I got notes. <laughs> I think that the word throws up the question. Yeah. Uh, take that question, writer. Yeah, yeah. we need Arthur Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question 36, which is the last question. Oh. All right. So make this one your best. All right. Even if you've shared it with them in the past, what's the most important advice you can give to your partner? We've talked about this before. Yeah. Don't take all notes. Hmm. That's one of my favorite. I think that really didn't resonate. Well, I heard that a while back, but it wasn't later. It's been recently that I was like, oh. People, everyone gives you notes. Everyone gives you advice. Don't take all advice. Even I'm talking about through coaches. Let's use comedy as the example. Mm-hmm. Uh, an improv coach or whatever. Every note isn't perfect. Every person, every teacher is just a person. You know, every priest is just a person. Mm-hmm. So even when it comes to like religion and stuff, don't take all advice. Mm-hmm. Pick and choose. Remember, we're all people and we're all just trying. Mm-hmm. Parents are just kids raising kids. So like, uh, you know, don't take all notes. Kind of go with your gut. You can go crazy with that. Don't go crazy with it. But it's good to know, especially for someone like me that I, I get, I, I I take personal. Whenever someone gives me criticism or something, I take it personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has really, I like that a lot. What about you? It is good. The advice that, I think this is probably the thing that I say most often to you, which is that you. Don't be so loud. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is the thing that I say about yeah, <laughs> often. Screaming. The second. Turn the TV down. <laughs> okay, so the second thing that I say most often to you uh, is that you you can do it. That even not to steal a slogan, but that you know, not to take you know every setback personally. Because yeah. there are going to be things that, totally. you know, happen or things that you don't get that maybe have nothing to do with you at all that have to do with, you know, extenuating circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, so not everything is a review on you or your worth. Um, that know that you're know that you're as good as you think you are. Yeah. And I've aged. I think I've aged out of that anxiety. Mm-hmm. Just, but it's hard because we're in a business that, you know, hard. is, yeah. you know, feels very personal. It's very hard. And it's a note I actually gave to you just mm-hmm. recently because of something. <laughs> I don't know if I should say in the podcast where I said, like, you know, this 
Just because yes. this didn't come through, which you thought would happen, yes, doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. doesn't mean yeah. anything. That was a good vague conversation we just had. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, um, <laughs> we are not done yet. We're not done yet. Arthur Aaron had one other specific thing he wanted his couples to do. Yeah. So part was of it the- get married? Because we what? are. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> you did it. Yeah. Finish at your wedding right yeah. now. <laughs> He's got like a three-time divorcee too. <laughs> with Fraser Crane. He's <laughs> tatters, but he's giving advice. We should research to see if he was successfully married. I don't know. <laughs> Are there, and if you'd like to reach out to us. Aaron, what is your email? Let us know if you're listening. Um, but what he has them do is stare into each other's eyes silently mm-hmm. for... We do this already. <laughs> oh, you do. We do it with the dog, and then we do it with each other. All right, what, what do we do? What do we do? Okay. Uh, so you'll look each other in the eye for four minutes. Uh, he says that um, in, oh that was part in of daily the life, uh, uh-huh. most people don't even look each other in the eye for even 10 seconds. So mm-hmm. uh, this helps develop intimacy between strangers. But in this case, obviously, you've known each other a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you look each other in the eye a lot already. So <laughs> this should be Is super this guy easy. From the it's like a 70s. The, the experiment was done in the 70s. This yeah. feels very 70s. I just tried to call it, but this feels so 70s to me. Just hear each other for four minutes and throw your keys into a bowl. <laughs> oh, that was the next part. Uh, uh. So for the people who are listening to the podcast, we're not going to have four minutes of dead air. Um, but believe us. Guaranteed will happen. Perfect. Okay. Are you ready? All right. We're ready. Let's do it. And... Three, two, one. Uh, I think Joe's crying. <laughs> no, no, he's not crying. He's not crying. Okay, no, I just have to describe what happened. So <laughs> they slowly reached out with their hands, which was uh, really cute. <laughs> when you said I was crying, I was like, I forgot that it wasn't a steering contest for like a quick second. I was like, oh, wait, I can blink. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, I don't, I, just, I feel like I get that that could help other people but i feel like we're pretty much open books with each other so like you know i'm our i like i didn't learn anything <laughs> you know what i mean like i well, get it like for other couples imagine like doing younger, that with a stranger though imagine doing with a stranger yeah would be very that'd be intimate intimate yeah so like um or like a young couple even like dating like a year year and a half that's true i think that would be like revealing but like, uh, I'm like, I've seen your face for seven years. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And then there's nothing like, I don't know, not to crap on the, the thing, but like, um, <laughs> I think it works for a different, I think it has to be either strangers or like a younger couple or like maybe friends that aren't like true, like close friends. I don't know. Does that make sense? Do you feel that same way about the entire 36 questions? Pretty much. I, I like I like having it. I think it was like a moment, like we had like great moments and we we're like being very open with each other. Cause like just like with any relationship, there's like some moments are more open, some moments are more, a little more closed. And we we're just having a, a an opener, an open moment like we'd had like a week ago. Or I think I think, and we've talked about this before too. I yeah. think the fact that we both met doing improv and did yes. improv, and we'd still do two prof together. Yes, I think that doing when you have a relationship between two improvisers, you know, the positive thing that can come out of that, and there are plenty of negatives, plenty but of the negatives, positive side yeah. is that you're very emotionally open with each other. Yeah, we, because we started doing like the hippie improv, not just yeah. a, for a specific company or theater. 
we started like doing like the, this is about openness and like yesing and agreeing. So like we started with that vibe. So I think we still carry that around a bit. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. What I'm saying is that we've kind of nailed being in a Yeah, we pretty much nailed it. Yeah. We get it. You have a great relationship. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to say, like, I, but I get the exercise. Yeah. Was like, there uh, anything new about each other that you learned? I didn't know the rat story. The rat story, maybe. <laughs> but that was more like just a story of like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I knew, yeah. Was there anything that I said that, I feel like I said nothing new. Nothing new. Yeah. No. Yeah. I knew everything. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard everything multiple times. Again, we've been dating <laughs> seven years. We've been years. together for a long time, yeah. 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 Um, and now the rest of your lives. Yeah. Oh, man, we need new stories. I even say this. Like, <laughs> people ask about, like, proposing. They're like, were you nervous? I'm like, not really. I was more, I felt weird when I had to get down on a knee in front of other people. Because, like, there's, like, a couple of their friends around. And I just, like, looked around like, all right, uh, hey. <laughs> you know? I yeah. Like, that. But the actually proposing or, like. I never had anxiety about like I'm gonna get married. Even like with like buying everything, it was all the logistics of buying a ring. That I was, ah, oh, I gotta do this and I gotta return this one because I had I got one that I didn't like when I saw because I ordered it online through a, a person uh, a vendor in Ireland because uh, it matched a ring that she had. When had she got very ring. young. Um, so like I never I was like okay this is I'm doing this yeah because we've nailed it we've mastered relationships. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, can I say the thing is, there's a lot of those other steps that we don't know. I mean, there's huge like things. Yeah, someday we'll have to do 72 questions. (laughs) (laughs) Eight minutes of staring. (laughs) Next season. (laughs) Next season. Yeah, no, it was great. Thank you. Well, it was great to have you both. You were <laughs> you were perfect. You have a great relationship. We get it. Um, so you guys are both in showbiz and comedy. And as sure. a way to thank you for being on the podcast, this is a time where you can plug literally anything you want. Um, where can people find you? Where can they come see you or listen to you? Whatever you would like to plug. Um, watch uh, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert <laughs> on CBS. Uh, whenever it's on and online. <laughs> and uh, my Twitter is at uh, SidleyKate, S I D L E Y Kate. Uh, the Funniest Tech Podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter at FunnyAsTech. Uh, and we do live shows at the Pit Theater every month. It's the second Tuesday, starting in 2018. It's going to be the second Tuesday of every month till June, I believe. And then after that, we don't know what the schedule is going to be. So it's easy to get tickets while the tickets are up. Um, and we just like talk about technology and like uh comedy so we add like levity to like serious tech things and our next show is actually our next show is in Hartford, connecticut but our next show in new york city uh is january second tuesday of january and it's about cryptocurrency so that should be fun and what's your twitter at funny as tech facebook.com slash funny as tech or follow me on twitter at i'm joe leonardo Cool. And if someone wants to be on the podcast, how do they find us? Funny you should ask. <laughs> so you can visit our website at 36qpodcast.com or email us at 36qpodcast at gmail.com. And I always like to say, please leave us a review on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Thank you again for being on. And Thank you. Just- Thanks, guys. Great. Yeah. Let's all stare at each other. <laughs> <laughs>